ंग post surgery the left side of his brain was paralyzed he lost hearing in one of his ears the medication would make him wonky in short the road to recovery was long strenuous and extremely painful but he made it he came back as the strongest avenger his journey has been incredible indeed however to be honest i don't think mark ruffalo would have been able to survive without the support of his family timely treatment of the right kind and the understanding of the disease he suffered from and his will to not let go in this series we will try and extend support by sharing as much information and empathy as possible so that just in case you or your loved one is suffering from a brain tumor you at least don't feel alone on this journey So on this episode we have with us Dr. Amitabh Chandu. He's a senior consultant and lead neurosurgeon in RN Tagore Hospitals and Narayana Health Kolkata. He will introduce us to the basics of brain tumor. Hi Dr. Chandu, how are you? I am perfectly fine. How are you? I'm I'm good too. It's it's a little difficult to pronounce your name in the right way, Dr. Chandu. <laughs> you don't have to but i want to <laughs> so anyway uh, doctor what is brain tumor could you explain that to us in lay person language please <laughs> uh, a brain tumor uh, is like just a mass or growth of abnormal cells in your brain uh, although uh, typically brain tumor means it's uh, from the uh, core of the brain there's a brain parenchyma that's a we what we in common man's language i would say it's a meat of the brain but any mm. any tumor arising from the meat of the brain or the coverings of the brain or the nerves arising from the brain or even the surrounding bones of the brain are grouped into as brain tumors Uh, there are many different types of brain tumors uh, some brain tumors are benign or uh, or in layman's language i will say it's a non cancerous and some are uh, malignant or cancerous right uh, these brain tumors means uh, can occur at any age no age is immune and uh, mm-hmm. the exact cause uh, we really do not know there are multiple hypotheses family history and some high dose extras are possible risk factors for some brain tumors so what are the symptoms of brain tumor uh, which can help indicate you know a need for diagnosis i mean ruffalo dreamt his brain tumor because but but we don't have that kind of instinct right look brain tumor can have uh, multiple symptoms or even it can be asymptomatic 
means uh, sometimes it happens that uh, a CT scan or MRI is done for completely different reason and incidentally we pick up a brain tumor. These are asymptomatic brain tumors. So by and large, the commonest symptom of brain tumor is headache. Uh, it's present in about 70% uh, of the patients with brain tumor. Uh, but it also means that 30% will not have any headache. So a headache is not invariable in uh, brain tumor. So a lot of patients that may have brain tumors, but do not have any headache. The other symptoms it can have a seizure or convulsion. Uh, does it mean that any patient, any having a seizure, uh, uh, has a brain tumor? No, no, it's not like that. Like in, we see a lot of children or adolescents uh, suffering from epilepsy. Uh, they're having seizure for quite some time, but they don't, do not have brain tumor. When do we suspect brain tumor? If uh, the first time seizure is happening uh, at or after the age of 30. This is very suspicious. Or the type of seizure is changing. The, the parents will come and tell that, doctor, my child was having this kind of seizure. Recently, the type of seizure has changed. The pattern of seizure has changed. Patient might have dimness of vision, visual problems, uh, difficulty in seeing, might have double vision, might have numbness of face, might have weakness of face, hearing problems, balance problems, weakness of hands and legs and difficulty in speaking, uh, problems in memory and problems in uh, swallowing and even some hormonal problems uh, can be caused by brain tumors. That doesn't mean that any symptom you're having is brain tumor. These symptoms can happen in other diseases as well. So it is the judgment of the doctor clinician who is seeing the patient uh, to decide whether he, he would suspect brain tumor. Coming to the doctor, uh, you know, let's say our listener or their loved ones, you know, they're suspecting that something's not right, that, you know, these kind of symptoms are occurring over and over again, and probably in combination. What happens next in the diagnosis stage? How does, uh, you know, the doctor uh, to whom they've gone for consultation, how do they examine a brain tumor and declare that that might be the case? In today's world, uh, the gold standard investigations of any brain tumor is contrast-enhanced MRI. So just plain MRI is not enough. Uh, if uh, the patient is uh, financially seriously challenged, uh, we can do at some subsidized rate, or even if we can't do an MRI at all, then at least get a contrast-enhanced CD scan. Sometimes both MRI and CT scans are needed. So MRI will diagnose a tumor, if there is a tumor. There are other investigations as well, which uh, will uh, lead us knowing uh, the exact nature of the tumor or surgical planning. But uh, so far, uh, till date, uh, contrast enhanced MRI is the gold standard of any investigation. Right. Um, any other kind of examinations that are done generally uh, for to to detect a brain tumor, or is it just uh, CMRI? Um, uh, it's MRI, uh, contrast enhanced MRI. There are uh, like uh, sometimes when we are not very sure whether it's a tumor or not. It could be tuberculosis, it could be tumor, or some other disease. Uh, it's, uh, sometimes uh, uh, say a stroke, which is uh, 
a few weeks old may be confused with the tumor in contrast MRI. So we do do a study called MRI spectroscopy. So that will help us that whether it's a tumor or it is something else. Uh, sometimes we need an angiogram uh, to know what is the, is it an aneurysm or it's a tumor or how vascular is the tumor. Angiogram is also needed to plan the surgical treatment means uh, what important blood vessels are involved in the, with the tumor. Some kinds of special sequence MRI is needed to plan the treatment like functional MRI, MRI tractography, navigation protocol MRI. These are all done to uh, plan the treatment. Interesting. Uh, so, okay, uh, you know, Dr. Chando, once it is certain that, you know, one is suffering from brain tumor, uh, how does one go about the treatment then? Like what happens next? A uh, good question. Uh, the uh, treatment can be, uh, there are multiple levels of treatment. Sometimes uh, to start, uh, to assure the listeners, uh, there are some tumors where we don't do anything. Suppose uh, there is a patient who has some injury to the head and we get a CT scan and we come to know that he has a small brain tumor. It's entirely asymptomatic. And from our experience, we gathered that this is a, most likely a benign tumor. Small benign tumor, it's a slow growing tumor. We often do not do anything. Just keep him under observation. Uh, maybe at regular intervals, we get an MRI done to see whether the tumor is increasing. If there is an increase in the size of the tumor, then we intervene. By and large, uh, the, uh, the main treatment of any brain tumor is mostly operative treatment, surgical treatment. There are other modalities of treatment like uh, in some, uh, uh, some uh, radiations, uh, these days, the radiations have come a long way. Uh, there is a fractionated radiation, like radio surgery, the stereotactic radio surgery, surgery is a radiation treatment. Uh, there is only one type of tumor which is treated with medication. That is a tumor in the arising from the pituitary gland is a prolactinoma, which is primarily treated with medication, not by surgical treatment. But uh, by and large, uh, surgical intervention is needed. For brain tumor? Uh, you know, while researching about brain tumor, we came across this thing called neuronavigational system for brain tumor biopsy. Now, I don't know what that means. Could you explain? Uh, neuronavigation is uh, just like when we drive uh, our car. These days we have GPS navigation system, right? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's like that. Uh, navigation is one of the modern advancement in the treatment of brain tumors. There are a number of other modern advancements, but navigation is definitely one of them. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes navigation will tell you exactly where the tumor is. What is the benefit of knowing it? We can reduce the size of the cut. So if we know from the surface of the head that the tumor is right here, so we know that we make a small incision and it will be very precise. If you do not have navigation, there will be some margins of error. So we tend to make a larger incision and a larger bony open. So is it like how laparoscopy works? Is it kind of like that? No, laparoscopy in the belly, it is that we insert a, uh, insert a scope 
endoscope and see the whole bill. Uh, endoscopy is also used in brain surgery. So I'm coming to the navigation. This, first, we can plan the whole thing that we know exactly from the surface of the head. From the surface, we don't see the tumor, right? In the, if we do a navigation, you practically see where is the tumor from the surface. And there are some trajectories. We use natural passages to reach the tumor. We don't want to damage the eloquent or the functioning brain tissue. So we try to uh, take the thoroughfare, which will have the least damage to the brain, to reach the tumor. So navigation will guide us. Sometimes we use the nostrils to reach the brain because the roof of the nose is same as the, the floor of the brain. So it's like two rooms in the first floor and the second floor. So brain is lying in the is in the second floor and nose is the first floor room. So if there is something in the floor of the second floor, if I make in make a hole in the roof of the first floor, I can uh, I can reach the floor of the second floor without disturbing the content of the second floor. This is so, so that's graphic. The, that, that's the <laughs> and uh, actually very very helpful. Thank you. I mean I couldn't understand. And and during operation. During operation, navigation helps like a GPS system. So like, like you, when you're driving, it says that you go 200 meters straight, then turn right, then 300 meters, then turn left, like this. So navigation, what happens, it's a real-time image. We are exactly seeing, suppose there is a tumor, just behind the tumor, there is a very important blood vessel of the brain or a very important nerve. So when we're working inside the tumor, we are not very sure that how far is the uh, blood vessel or how far is the nerve. So when we are in the tumor, we tend to be very bold because tumors doesn't have any functioning tissue. Inside the tumor, we can be very aggressive. But at the interface of the normal brain or the blood vessel in the tumor, we have to be very careful. Little bit movement here and there can cause a serious and irreversible damage and even death. Oh, which is why this kind so, of technology is actually very, very Yeah, important. exactly. So when, when I'm very close to that important structure, so the navigation will tell me that I'm very close to the, uh, that structure. So you better keep the care. Like in... Uh, in the newer Mercedes, you have that automatic brake system. Yeah, I was about to get to automatic cars. <laughs> yeah, it's an automatic brake system that it will warn you that uh, this important structure is there. So uh, it's really handy. When, uh, in, we, when we insert a ventricular peritoneal shunt, uh, in old days when navigation was not there, the commonest problem with ventricular peritoneal shunt was that malposition of the shunt. The shunt ideally should be should be positioned like this, but when you do a CT scan after that, it is functioning, but it's not optimum, it's not in optimum position. I remember during my residency days, when the in the night when you used to do the shunt, and the next morning our professors used to get a CT scan and uh, used to rip us that uh, how did you manage to put the shunt here? How did you manage to do that? And surprisingly, even the professors, uh, I have seen professors placing the shunt like that. It's, it's in human error because it's a blind procedure. So if you have the navigation, you know, you have that, uh, you can see in the image 
that were exactly your presentation makes sense makes sense uh radiotherapy chemotherapy uh, steroids anti seizure medication all of these things uh, are they like complementary to surgery or are they also separate treatments that can be availed you know of course now that you've uh, you know spoken so much about neuro navigation system you have spoken about the fact that it is a blind uh, surgery in a lot of ways i'm also trying to figure out if there are non surgical ways and of course you said that you know uh the only tumor the one that does not get operated upon is the one that originates from the pituitary gland uh but all of these other things not all non not all pituitary gland it's a one type of pituitary tumor that's a prolactinoma that's primarily it is treated with medication right but all of these other things other therapies are they complementary to the surgery or uh, can radiotherapy chemotherapy all of these things be used separately a good question means uh, radiotherapy is mostly used in most cases is used for uh, malignant tumors we do a resection and why do we need a resection first let me answer why do we need surgery first we know, need to know what is the exact nature of the tumor first it is whether it's a tumor number 1 if it is a tumor then what kind of tumor is it a benign tumor or a malignant tumor? if it is benign tumor what kind of tumor if it's a malignant tumor that what kind of malignant tumor and there are gradings of malignant tumors and accordingly that we prognosticate means we predict that this will be the uh, lifespan of this uh, gentleman or the lady that this is the this is a good tumor or a bad tumor so uh, malignant tumors mostly they need some kind of radiation primarily we can give radiation treatment in malignant tumor which we believe it's a secondary tumor secondary cancer why what is primary cancer what is secondary cancer in the brain in brain if the malignant tumor is arising from the brain we call it a primary cancer of the brain secondary if it is arising from any other part of the body like lung cancer lung cancer can spread into the brain breast cancer can have spread into the brain so these are secondary tumor if we know it the pay Uh, patient is having a lung cancer and a small tumor in the brain which we believe it to be a metastasis means so or the secondary tumor we usually radiate primarily sometimes we know that this is a small benign tumor and if we go to uh, go for surgery surgery can have some morbidities like uh, can have some paralysis or some cranial nerve involvement then then alternate treatment is radio surgery all that is called surgery it's not actually a surgery it's stereotactic radio surgery so uh, they focus on the tumor with very sharp focus and very high dose so that's a stereotactic radio surgery chemotherapy is again it's a, it's a, it's a adjuvant treatment but so for some tumors like uh, lymphoma uh, chemotherapy is uh, primary treatment we do a biopsy prove that it is a uh, it's a it's a lymphoma and then we send the send the patient to the oncologist the oncologist uh, give chemotherapy chemotherapy to the patient right 
wow i mean different kinds of tumors different kinds of treatments uh, and uh, thank you for actually you know explaining why we need surgery very very important question that we didn't even think to ask another thing is that another 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 reason what i another i forgot to tell you that sometimes you know if it's a malignant tumor we know uh, there is an option we can take a small tissue biopsy and send the patient for radiation but sometimes the tumor is big radiation will cause initial swelling of the brain radiation is it's an injury it's an injury and any injury will cause some swelling swelling inflammation and and, and you know that there will be some swelling in the brain if there is already a big tumor and there is swelling in the brain the patient will deteriorate patient will become unconscious and even may die so if we remove that bulk of the tumor we create a space in the cranial cavity in the head so that if after radiation if there is some kind of swelling there is some kind of allowance of the brain to swell up that is another reason sometimes the tumor causes pressure on the uh, critical areas of the brain so we want to remove the pressure on the critical area of the brain like patient has paralysis or loss of speech or uh, or any other kind of problem balance problems so we uh, remove the tumor to relieve the pressure on the that part of the brain that's i mean so much it's uh, it's so much detail about the treatment but could you tell us dr chandra what causes brain tumor now that you've you know explained everything in so much detail we'd really like to know what are the causes is there something that we can save ourselves from these causes uh well uh, it's a difficult thing for the brain tumor it's, uh, like uh, we know about lung cancer if we are worse smoking we can reduce the chance of brain tumor and there are some other uh, uh, environmental factors we know that this cancer is a chance of this cancer is increased if we do this if we do that so avoid these things but uh, for brain tumor brain cancer really we don't know but uh, if we, i don't want to go to the to go through the tumorogenesis uh, of the brain tumors it's a very complicated thing but for uh, ease of understanding i will say that uh, we have a millions of cell in our body and these cells multiply in some part of the body some cells do not multiply at all some cells multiply very slowly some cells multiply very fast like uh, cells on the surface of the skin they multiply very every day we are shedding some cells dead cells and the cells new cells are growing same thing in the intestinal epithelium this lining of the intestine the cells ra- multiply very rapidly but brain cells do not multiply after certain stage they do not multiply liver cells multiply in exceptional situations muscle cells multiply hardly multiply cardiac cells they don't multiply that that much so why why some cells multiply very quickly or slowly or do not multiply at all this is controlled by our genetic code the genetic code sends signals to the cells that you multiply or you don't multiply you multiply with this speed you multiply with that speed so when this genetic code this signal this control is lost there is uncontrolled growth of the tumor cells these gives rise to tumor right which could be benign or malignant it depends upon benign or malignant and 
when this genetic code alteration can occur it can occur with our during our birth or during our lives what happens these environmental factors like ultraviolet ray viral infections a lot of a lot of assaults are going on the so basically anything that any kind of radiation maybe that can affect genes right radiation yes yes what happens that in everything this this these insulting factors they tend to damage the coding and our body system is such that it immediately immediately repairs them as we grow old that repairing mechanism starts getting lost so that ability to repair is gradually losing so that's why in elderly population we are having more tumors more cancer makes so much sense and i think i mean you just took me back to my uh, high school science and i loved doing this episode with you dr chondo thank you so much for your time uh, this has been enlightening pleasure uh, brain tumor is most definitely a very tricky illness to deal with but i hope that after listening to this episode you our dear listener have at least begun to understand the illness that may affect you or your loved one's life one way or another in the next few episodes we will talk more about brain tumors different kinds of surgical options available to treat it recovery and support until then chin up yaar ye waqt bhi guzar jayega This is a public awareness initiative supported by Medtronic. Views expressed are independent views of Dr. Amitabh Chandra, intended for general information and educational purposes only, and does not constitute any medical advice. Please consult your physician for any questions or concerns you may have regarding your condition. Doctor makes no recommendations or endorsements of any products or services. That's it for this episode on Health Charcha. If you want to know more about the diseases discussed in this podcast, please initiate a discussion with your physician. To get updates on Health Charcha, follow at HT Smartcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, or LinkedIn. And to listen to more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast dot com or suno nai nazariye se. This was an HT Smartcast original. Stay smart cast